Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Thank you for joining me today. We are continuing the topic of grandchildren after child loss. I have been asked about this topic multiple times, usually from a bereaver who is no longer allowed to see their grandchildren as their son-in-law or daughter-in-law wants to move on with life and no longer wants their deceased spouse's family in the picture. I know that sounds horrible and it doesn't even make sense to most of us. But that is so common that some states have laws to prevent that from happening. Up until now, I have not addressed this topic publicly because it seemed like all I had to say was, I've been there and I'm really sorry. I know how much it hurts. But this last time, when I received an email asking about this, I realized that the topic of grandchildren affects every single one of us who has lost a child. Last week, I talked about grandparents who have had their grandchildren pulled away from them, along with those parents who struggle with knowing they will not have grandchildren because their only child or all of their children died before having their own children. And I brought my friend Sarah Nelson on to talk about her personal experience with that. There are several groups that I haven't talked about. One are the parents who have had their grandchildren killed along with their child, whether it was something like an accident or murder. Unfortunately, I know several parents who are living through that horrific experience, if you can even call it living. It is beyond traumatic. Having an entire family wiped out is just beyond what I can comprehend And if you are one of my listeners who's dealing with this, the words of my saying, I'm sorry, feels so, just so very empty. I wish I had something to make it better or to lessen the excruciating pain, but I don't. I know God needs to be much more than your crutch. He is your wheelchair. I don't see any other way through this life in that kind of a situation. One minute, one breath at a time is where you live for a very long time. Celebrating holidays is pretty much non-existent. The death anniversary is multiplied by the number of losses, and then there are the multiple birth dates, which spreads it out even more through the year. I am so very sorry to those of you who have found yourself in this horrific circumstance I'm pretty sure I can speak for all of us that you have our hearts. Another group are those of you who will not experience having a grandchild from your child. You may be a grandparent from other children, but you will not have the blessing of watching your child who died be a parent. As I was talking to our local GPS Hope Share and Care group about this, It was brought to my attention that there are two groups within this group. There are those whose child died through an accident or maybe an illness, 
and you are devastated to realize that this is not going to happen and all that comes with it. But there are also quite a few of you who had children who were born with disabilities that would have kept them from ever being a parent, and you were already grieving that before your child even left this earth. To these two groups of perivers, I am very sorry. Just like having other children still in our lives does not replace the one who is gone, having other grandchildren does not replace those you will never get to have. For the next group that is affected by the grandchild issue, I'm going to let you listen in on a conversation I had this past week with my friend Danae. This group is those who are now raising your grandchildren, all the way from partially stepping in to help a now grieving single parent to getting legal custody of your grandchildren. I spent some time at Danae's house this past week, and I asked her to share her experience with losing two different adult children. Her daughter, Naomi, who was married, ended her own life from a continual postpartum depression with a two-year-old and a six-month-old. First, we'll hear Danae share what that was like for her and her husband, Steve, and then we will talk about the second situation when her son died, who had a three-year-old and a six-year-old. Now, they were actually with their dad when he died, and he had custody of the girls, and we'll talk about what happened with that. Now, speaking of Steve, Danae's husband, at one point, you will hear him in the kitchen behind us, not realizing that we were recording. So here is my talk with Danae. So I am sitting here, this probably sounds a little bit different to everybody, the regular listeners, but I am sitting in a dear friend's dining room right now with my friend Danae, and it's been a year since we've caught up, and so I've been here, what, four hours now? (laughs) Yeah, four and a half hours. So we're finally getting around to recording, and I did ask Danae specifically to be on this podcast episode, this topic, because she has dealt with it in a couple different areas as far as being a grandparent when you lose your child and then you have you know, those grandchildren left behind and, and what she has dealt with. Now, our daughters knew each other and they left this earth about six months apart from each other, didn't they? So I would like you to share Naomi with us, but then you have had a second loss Mm -hmm. since then. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to share a little bit of Naomi and your loss with her and then go on to Nate and tell us a little bit about your loss with Nate. So welcome to the podcast, Danae. Thank you, Laura. (laughs) All right. Thank you. I've so enjoyed our time together today. Yes. We've just been laughing and crying and praying and we've just been fellowshipping. It's been wonderful. It has. It's been a wonderful day. It has. Yes. Okay. So our daughter Naomi uh, was 23 years old, and um, she had a two-year-old girl, and she had a six-month-old little boy. Braden was born in October of 2011, and um, she had some postpartum depression. She seemed to be maybe getting a little bit better coming into December, but then January, early January, her milk dried up. And that was very devastating for her. And there were just a lot of things that happened from January till April 11th, the day that um, she left this earth. A lot of confusion. We knew she wasn't well. We knew she was struggling. 
I was seeing her pretty much every day. After work, I would go and be with her. We just thought that she was going to be getting better, and I did some reading about postpartum depression. I had read about psychosis and possibility of um, suicide. I mean, that startled me, but honestly, I just didn't think she was that bad. I think she was afraid to tell us how bad things really were. I think she was trying to keep that from us. And and just her, knowing her and who she is as a person, she's very strong. She loved life. She loved her children. She loved being a mother. There was other things going on that were um, adding to the depression. And on April 11th, uh, she took her life. It was a shock. So Bristol was two and a half at this time, and Brayden was just six months old. Mm -hmm. So they're left without their mama. I was very much a part of their lives, you know, before Naomi died. And so, we, you know, I, was, I wanted to be uh, very much a part of their lives after Naomi was gone. I wanted to take care of them, help Bo, their dad, mm -hmm. in any way that we could. But he was having a very difficult time in his grief, and he just would pull the kids away from us at different times and not let us see them at all. In time, things um, got better, and um, we've been a very big part of their lives in the last 11 years. We would have them overnight, one day of the week, um, just so we could see them and also to give their dad a break. So it's been, yeah, a very special relationship. Um, and there was times where we just kind of felt like a little family ourselves with, mm -hmm. when they were here, you know, Steve and I, and mm -hmm. as their grandparents, but also filling in as a parenting right. role in a sense. And so to a big degree, because, you know, their dad didn't um, have a relationship. He never remarried. And so um, they haven't had their mom. They haven't mm -hmm. had a mom. But so I was filling in a lot like as a mom. And Bristol has written me cards like that, that you're the closest mm. thing to a mom I've had. And so we um, have a very close relationship. I'm so thankful that we've been able to be such a big part of their lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know something you and I were talking about earlier. There's also been a change in dynamic because Bo now has someone in his life. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's a huge adjustment for everybody. Yes. I mean, and, and we talked about how it seems like that's part of the pulling away is just that adjustment and not being sure about things. And, yes, you know, so you're seeing Bo kind of like I did with Nick pulling out of our lives. It's almost like he kind of wants his own life with this new person in yes. his life. Yep. And so the grandkids are being withheld a lot more, actually, mm -hmm. which hurts. It does. Yeah, it's hard. It was painful, especially the beginning the beginning of the year. I really saw it, things starting to change and Bristol pulling back more. And it wasn't mm -hmm. just that she wants to be with her friends. It was like a pulling away from me, a separating. I felt that separating yeah. and it was just really hard and difficult and painful. Mm -hmm. I found myself even, I, well, there was times I was being honest and I would say, I miss mm -hmm. you. I just miss yeah. you. And, and she wouldn't even respond. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I, I didn't pressure her, but it was just like, I'm kind of reeling inside feeling yeah. what's happening. It's changing too much. And it's more than just this teenage, you know, dynamic. I think with her relationship, Bristol's relationship with, with uh, Bo's girlfriend has just um, been a difficult adjustment for her. I think she's longing for a mom, of yes. course. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, in the beginning, you know, it was all fresh and new and she loves them and she likes mm -hmm. that her kids and everything, but now she's starting to see more and, yeah, and, and it's just kids, kind of difficult. Yeah. And I think kids sometimes they feel, they can easily feel guilty 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to replace my mom, even though I really don't know my mom. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, maybe um, there's part of that. Some of that. And, and, I, and I think, too, they can feel like, you know, my parent, I can feel like my parent wants, you know, is kind of starting over or whatever, and I don't want to interrupt that. I mean, I think sometimes they can shoulder their own stuff that we don't know. Oh, absolutely. Bristol has felt very threatened by Bo's, her dad's relationship with this woman. Sure. Because she was the only, like, woman, you know, young, I mean, she's his daughter, but yet Bo's, she's been kind of a confidant for Bo, or he, you know, maybe... Yeah, you know, he talks to her about a lot of things that he would maybe his wife, and yet, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Well, that, and I think Daddy's little girl, Daddy's little girl, competition. Yeah, at competition, I feel that. Yeah, so and, much to this, and yeah, there is, and because she has mentioned to me many times, many times that you know, she, her and her dad used to do coffee runs on the weekend. You know, okay. and they would mm-hmm. they would take a drive and they would talk. You know, yeah. about a lot of things and. And then now that he has a girlfriend, now they'll pick her up and, you know, and she sits in the front seat. She sits in the front seat and Bruce has to be in the back. And she's told me many times that when, you know, her and Brayden will have something to say, they have a question to ask and it's feel, they feel ignored that Mm -hmm. they're not even there. And so there's a lot happening for, for her and for both of them. And it's, it's been difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's so hard to watch our grandkids go through these transitions and go through our own transitions within that. I mean, as everything changes. I mean, it's it's hard. So much, yes. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go on and talk about Nate. This happened three years ago, almost three years ago. Mm -hmm. August 26th, 2020, our 36-year-old son, Nathan, died of heart arrhythmia. Okay, and And it was sudden and unexpected, and he was with his two little girls. Yes. He has two girls, Ava and Eve. Ava was five, Eve is four. They were at a park together, and the girls tell us the story. They said, all of a sudden, Daddy said, get to the car, get to the car. And so he went to the car, started the car, and put on the air conditioning. And the girls said by the when they got there, their dad's head was bent over, and he was gone. Now, Nate had just moved back to Wisconsin from Texas, right? So he had been here like six months with the girls. Well, he had moved back before then, but he had okay. been making numerous trips down to Texas. The girls were with their mom. They were with their mom in Texas. They were battling it out. They weren't married, but they were, you know, mm-hmm. placement of the girls. What happened is that in March of 2020, she had the girls in her vehicle with her, and um, she was driving erratically, and a police officer saw her, pulled her over, and they eventually found methamphetamine in her vehicle. Then CPS called Nate and said, come get your girls. So he left and drove down there and brought them home. Yeah. And he had them for five months. And then he died. Yeah. So then what happened to the girls? Well, we kept the girls. And we knew that their mom was still in her addiction. And things were not good. And we wanted to keep the girls safe. So then we eventually filed for an emergency guardianship. We were granted that. And then um, jurisdiction then was eventually moved here and to Wisconsin, and we were awarded full guardianship last year. So the first five months, we had the girls. And Mm -hmm. then our second-born son is married. They have no children, and um, they were willing to take the girls. Mm -hmm. Steve and I were just pretty exhausted, Mm -hmm. and it was getting, um, just with the grieving and just the, the amount of energy it takes, and um, then eventually we, they just decided that they would like to keep them and 
have them as their own. And mm. So it's interesting because I didn't even know it was possible until you and I were talking earlier. So you are still the legal guardians. Yes. But you can give care to someone else. Yes. Um, yep. So it's legal need, yeah. mm-hmm, so that it's, we can be the guardians. We wanted, we wanted to be the ones to fight the battle in the courts. Mm-hmm. And um, it took a lot of energy, a lot of, you know, time. So we knew we were the ones to fight that battle and we did. And so we awarded, you know, the guardianship, but the courts knew that the girls lived with our son and his mm-hmm. wife and it's totally legal. That mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm, that they can be the caretakers, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really interesting. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, and the the biggest thing is that the girls are safe. Yes. And mom is still struggling. Yes, she is. So that was a good thing. It is. Yeah. You, yeah. They're mm-hmm. safe. They're being well cared for. They um, call Sarah and, and Aaron, and mm-hmm. mom and dad. They, they want family and, mm-hmm. you know, to be a part of a family, really thriving in spite of what they've been through. It's so hard. You and I have been talking about that mm-hmm. when you don't get to see your grandchildren. And that's, that's what you have left of your child. And I know a lot of the listeners, we've talked about how if you don't have grandchildren or, you know, you lost your only child, don't have. I mean, we're, we're all in a different way of grieving grandchildren when it comes to our children. Yes, Yes, I understand. Those that didn't have any grandchildren mm-hmm. from their child that died, yeah. that that's a pain in and of itself. Yeah. And but those that children had that right. died had children, and that there's a pain there in and of itself. It's a wonderful thing to have a part of them still left on this earth, but there's mm-hmm. also some difficulties and yes. and some painful things that come along with that. Yeah. To watch a child grieve. Mm-hmm. To see a little two and a half year old little girl, I remember that was one of the most painful mm-hmm. things to watch that little two and a half year old girl grieve. I want my mommy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and she just she really grieved. They grieve. And then Braden, he was too little to even know his mother. Right. That that has a pain for my heart as a as a mom, yes. as as a grandma for him. Mm-hmm. That he never knew his mama. But we try to keep her a memory alive, but it's still, you know, that, right. that he yes. never knew her. And then for him at two years old when he's getting ready to go to bed and his grandpa said and he says to his grandpa, um, Grandma, is my mommy in heaven? And and Steve her, his grandpa says, Yes. He says, well, I'd like to see her. And he said, well, we will, but, but we have to wait. And he goes, I want to see her now. Mm-hmm. So in the mind of a little child, how they yeah. think, you know. And then for Ava and E, they, they just, they grieved so, so hard too. And yet they needed to grieve. Mm-hmm. And they're grieving together with them because we had them with us every day for five months. Right. And it has its pain, but it was also helpful. And I saw how the grieving with them was so different. Than with Bristol Brain because we were they were taken from us and that mm-hmm. brought a pain to my heart. But and then to be with Ava and Eve to have them to grieve with them. Oh. There's it's painful, but the grieving together there's healing mm-hmm. together too. And they helped us yeah. in our grief. We helped them in their grief. Yeah. And what was it you said? There was one night you had both the girls. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you were just sharing a bed together. Or yeah, well, I was just having bed. a really difficult time one night. I just found myself just full of, you know, the, uh, just a, the grief. Just wanted to, I just wanted to cry and be by myself. And then I knew that they needed to have a little time, you know, before bedtime to read story. We always did that. So I brought him. I tried to get myself, you know, d- pulled together, c- pulled together, <laughs> and had them. And they knew. They knew. And they're so perceptive, you know, mm-hmm. you can't really keep it from them. And the littlest one, Eve, four years old, she says to me, Grandma, Daddy, he was our daddy. He was our, it was our dad that died. But he's your son, Grandma. And we know that you are so sad too, 
something like that. And it just warmed my heart. I thought, you are so precious. You get it. You understand. Mm -hmm. And then we just had this beautiful time together that night. I just remember it was so special. And so we just really drew close and we would sing and pray every night. We'd sing the blessing together every night. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just brought comfort to us all, mm -hmm. you know. And that was so sweet that it was like they were giving you permission to grieve in front yes, of them. Yes, you're right. And, you know, and I realized we don't have to be strong for them. No. We don't. They need to see us grieve. I yes. think it's healthy. Not that you're falling apart in a puddled mm -hmm. mess right, day right. in, and day out. Mm -hmm. They need some strength. But it's also good those moments to mm -hmm. just cry and let them know yeah. you're... You're having a hard time too, yeah, and they understand, this. and they they think well, then they can feel comforted too that yes. they are too. Mm -hmm. Well, of course we are. Yeah, we've lost someone we, we love very very much. We all miss mm -hmm. him. We her. all miss him. Well, today I know I can ask you. Would you just pray over the parents who are listening and just all the hurts that come with the whole grandparenting issue? Yes, Father, I thank you that you are a loving, good Father, a faithful Father. Mm. who cares so very deeply about each one of us. You care. You know our pain, the heartache, the hurt. You know it all. And I'm just asking you to just envelop each parent that's listening right now mm. that has lost a child, that has grandchildren, that they're trying to be a part of their life or are part of having so much responsibility. It's a, it's a difficult time, difficult thing in and of itself, but I'm asking you to just uphold them, give them strength, give them grace, wrap them up in your love, and bless them, God, and help them, help them through it all. I pray that they would look to you and just keep pressing into you and find you to also to be faithful and that you and know that you do care and you will give them the strength and all that they need in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, friend. There is one last group I want to talk about, and that is those of us who watch our grandchildren struggle with the death of their parent. Now, Danae and I talked specifically about that, but we did leave that out of our recording. And Danae talked about young Bristol asking, how did my mommy die? And Danae told her, well, your mommy stopped breathing and Bristol wanted to know how. I mean, that's kind of hard to address at such a young age. Now, Bristol is 14 now and she does know what happened. And Danae is doing her best to prepare herself for if Brayden, the one who was six months old, gets to a point when he realizes his mom ended her life because of her depression after having him and maybe feeling like it was his fault. Now, Danae made sure to tell her older granddaughter that was with her dad when he died that she was proud of her for calling someone and doing what she could to help her daddy because Danae does not want her granddaughter to wonder if she had thought to call someone sooner on her dad's phone if he would still be alive when she was only six years old. Now, I recently found out that our granddaughter, who had just turned nine when her mom died, has carried the burden of thinking her mom's death was her fault. And I felt awful when I found that out because it's really hard for me to connect those dots. Now, somehow as a nine-year-old child, she connected those dots. I mean, Becca had heart issues that were caused by chemo when she was only three years old. Although I know Becca's heart issues escalated 
when she was pregnant and had Callie, Becca was given a 50-50 chance of surviving the labor and delivery. They did not know what her heart was going to do at that point. And from that point on, Becca did have continual heart issues for the next you know, nine, 10 years until she passed. So somehow Callie connected those dots and felt like it was her fault. I know of grandchildren who are cutting, who are making really bad decisions that we have to sit and watch them make thinking, I really don't think that my grandchild would be doing this or making these decisions if my child was still here and being their parent. And I know some who are suicidal, even making multiple attempts. It is so hard to watch our grandchildren's lives fall apart like that and to see them struggle. And it adds another heavy layer to our own grief. Then there are the grandchildren who grieve and somehow seem to come out fairly unscathed. And I will say, unfortunately, those seem to be the rare ones. And if that is your story, then you already know how very blessed you are in this area. Now, I don't want to leave us in a place of discouragement, but I want to remind us that what we are dealing with here is only temporary and that what is to come is so much better. Let me read from you Lamentations 3, 19 to 24, and this is from the Message Translation. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They are created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. There's Job 14, verse 7. There is hope for a tree that has been cut down. It can come back to life and sprout. And I see us as that tree that has been cut down. And for some of us, our grandchildren. Psalm 130, verse 7. And I'll end with this one. Hope in the Lord. For with the Lord, there is steadfast love. And with him is great power to redeem. Just a reminder that for the month of August, we are running a special. If you purchase the book, Reflections of Hope, a daily reading for bereaved parents, directly from the GPS Hope web store, you can get the book, My Grief Journey, for free. Just go to gpshope.org store, put both books in your cart, Reflections of Hope and My Grief Journey, and make sure to use the promo code MGJ. Free. That stands for My Grief Journey, MGJ Free. Put that in the promo, the coupon area before you check out. August is almost over already, so don't forget to take advantage of this. And I'll put a link to the store in the show notes, as well as a link to both books to find out more about them. Let's go ahead with our birthday segment for this week. Destiny Wood was born on August 21st and is forever 40. Kevin Zick was born on August 21st and is forever 
1933. Frank Sasewski was born on August 22nd and is forever 34. Evan Sabine was born on August 23rd and is forever 15. Katie Mullen was born on August 24th and is forever 19. Jordan Hansen was born on August 24th and she is forever 21. We celebrate the day these children came into the world and into the lives of these families. We know it will always be a special day and worth celebrating. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday announce the week of his or her birthday, I would love to be able to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org birthdays. Just fill out the information, including the pronunciation of their first name or last name, if it gets mispronounced sometimes, because I do want to say it correctly for you. Just submit that information, and I will announce your child's birthday the week of his or her birthday. And Dave will also send you an email to remind you to listen that week. I think you can see why I decided to do a podcast episode on this topic and why it turned into two episodes. We know it's it's never good to compare the losses of our children, whether it's their ages or the way they died, but it's also not good to compare the issues each one of us has with grandchildren. Each one of us has our own layers and difficulties to work through. I want to share one last verse with you, and it's Hebrews 6, 18 to 20 in the message version. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God where Jesus, running on ahead of us, has taken up his permanent post as high priest for us. This verse tells us to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go, which ties into my weekly reminder to have H-O-P-E. Hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.